Well, hello and welcome to Sunday Encore, where we have candid conversations about the practical applications of Sunday's message. Well, hey, we're back for another episode of Sunday Encore, where we sit down to recall the truths of Sunday's message and consider some practical applications to our everyday lives. If this podcast has been an encouragement to you in any way, I would love to encourage you to share it with someone, like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating wherever you may listen so that we can reach more people with the hope of the message of Jesus. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Spencer, and I have my wonderful co-host, Adam, with me today. Here we go. And we are excited to be here. Uh, we had a fantastic service um, this past Sunday and started a brand new sermon series on the life of Joseph, yeah. which has been incredible. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Yeah, we've had this on. <laughs> we've had this is one of those ones we've had we've had on the calendar for a while. As yeah, we've just been processing it in relation to kind of the arc that we're in for the fall. Totally. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, Joseph is a pretty amazing. What a beast, honestly. It's awesome. Yeah. It's one thing I like about Joseph too is, you know, there there's a lot of great stories in it's scripture, true. there's no question, but there's like so much detail around his story. Yeah. You know, like to 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 synthesize his story into just <laughs> yeah. a few messages totally. is really really tough. Really tough. Um because there's just so many There's like five mom- sermons in one story. <laughs> yeah, there's so many moments, yeah. but it's a great um it's a great story to lean into as we, again, we've been on this arc as a church, just discovering, you know, ultimately how do we l- like live this passionate followership of Jesus? Like, yeah. Actually, how do we do this? Yeah. Um, you know, without just sort of wasting times and going through the motions, but actually yeah. be active, passionate followers of Jesus. Totally. And so we kind of started talking about all in, like what does it mean to be all in, realizing that halfway living is no way to live at all. So mm-hmm. like, how do we go all in? And then which led us to this idea of, well, we need to be all in in our identity with Christ, mm-hmm. right? So we got to be rooted in Christ. Yeah. Understanding that actually how we see ourselves has a direct impact on how we live, mm-hmm. right? And so how we see ourselves rooted in Christ, our mm-hmm. identity in Christ, our hope in Christ, united in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought it'd be kind of fun to do almost like a case study mm-hmm. and use Joseph as an example of somebody who... You know, to the best of our knowledge and what we could see, understand his identity. He knew his calling. He mm-hmm. knew his purpose. He knew who he was, and really then chose to live all in, in that purpose and in yeah. that calling, even through some of the hardest of seasons. Oh yeah, um, and he just stayed true to that. Yeah, and he, what a great example. And Scripture doesn't really say he he wavered almost no. at all. You and know, that's like, like the one thing that's huge when it's drawn to him, like. A lot of the heroes of the faith and even like the the hall of faith that Hebrews walks through, yeah. like most of them messed up pretty bad. Yeah, like in Abraham. A lot of ways. Like even Abraham, you totally. know, they have these moments like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, man? seriously. Like, what is up, David, you know? man after God's own heart. Yikes. Yeah. Had some issues. But Joseph, like not perfect by any means, not sinless by any means, but he did a pretty good job yeah. living his life. I really do wish, and then this is obviously the human side of of when we read scripture. It'd be man, there are so many moments. I just wish I would love to know what Joseph was thinking. Like, totally, you know, as he's in the pit, waiting to certain death. He doesn't know if I'm am I dying totally. here? Am I like am I being sold? He doesn't know, or when he's in prison, or when he's forgotten, or when he's on the road 
from his yeah. homeland to oh. Egypt, and he's just in a cart, or he's walking behind, like he's chained up. Like these things that we just we kind of push through that part of the story, but he was part of a caravan that was traveling to Egypt of a bunch of merchants who were selling probably animals and stuff like everything oh yeah and slaves and people and he was just another person in the i mean the only thing i can picture in this and this is like a horrible thing is i think the movie gladiator when (laughs) when russell crowe's character is like he's becomes a slave after he's been the commander of the army right that yeah and he's just on this cart and he's part of this whole caravan of slaves and merchants and tigers and being brought into the capital city to be sold as as product you know i that's what i envision mm. again i don't know if that's true or not yeah, but i could be but it could be yeah. you know but in that process but even what was that was that a, a day was it a week was it weeks was totally. it a month like how long was that journey yeah yeah and he's just like what is happening yeah you know i i had been given this i had a life i had a father I had a family i yeah. thought i was in a safe place and now i'm here being sold and my father thinks i'm dead and yeah what is where is this leading you know and he had this dream that of 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 authority of power mm-hmm. he didn't know what that fully meant where people were bowing to him and yeah and he was such a youngest child about that though he was a little don't bit go a, tell your older brothers that that's yeah, just yeah, a yeah, bad yeah. idea he was a pampered little boy he was <laughs> a little bit of a brat and again it, i'd say this a lot you know with communication it's not just a what you say yeah, it's that, how you say it <laughs> you know totally. listen and brothers listen i know i'm the youngest <laughs> by a far long time because yeah, you know rachel was in her elderly age when she gave birth to him like that's why Man. she she was spe- like that was part of the special it wasn't that jacob just loved her the most because she was the ultimate prize right but that she was barren for most of her life and um he loved him not but i mean scripture says not maybe not primarily but he loved him because he had him at, at such an old age 100 like all his brothers are old dudes oh like reuben is the oldest brother and he, he's probably like a man like yeah. he's man he's married like totally. they're when you read genesis 30 uh i think it's 39 and then 30 and then 40 is like a whole story about judah totally who was one of his older brothers who you know threw him in the pit and um like he's married with kids like yeah, he's yeah. like he's in a whole different generational totally. kind of season yeah, yeah. of his life anyway but uh anyway all that to say is it's a great story yeah and i i would anyway i'd love to kind of get in there i don't want to put my words into scripture but i'm trying to put the human element yeah. of it like what would he be feeling totally and, but uh all that to say is there is some great moments as we look at you know he went from this pampered boy to this dried out pit yeah you know, being thrown into a pit to from the shackles of prison to the power of the palace like right. he he experienced the highs and the lows yes. of life. And a lot of times we look at success and we want it to look like a straight line that's mm-hmm. like straightened up. You know, we're going, it's just no hurdles along the way. And I think no matter what project, if, if we're a parent, if we're a leader, if we're a manager, whatever we want, if we're starting a new initiative, that's the goal, right? We just want yeah. this thing to go great yeah. and just consistently get better. Yeah. But realistically, and anybody who's a successful person, as they look back, they realize, oh, no, success took a lot of ups and downs and right. a lot of back steps. Yeah. But the faithfulness of just pursuing it yeah. day after day, week after week. And Joseph, if you were to look at Joseph's story, it, it is like that. It's mm-hmm. ups, downs, ups, downs, ups, downs. But you know, ultimately leading toward the ultimate up. Yeah. But he went through a 
some valleys big time yeah, to get there. Definitely. And so without having to read the whole story. So we did encourage, you know, homework this yes. week to read the story because we can't touch on it all. We're going to hit on three moments. And uh, so if you're coming to church, if you're part of our regular community, I want to encourage you to read the story of Joseph. Like go to Genesis chapter 37 yeah. and read all the way to chapter 50. So yeah. 13 verses, read them. Um, it's it's a story, so it's an easy read, mm-hmm. you know? It's not like you have to interpret what's going on. Just right. read the story, yeah, right? Totally. Just understand the story, and uh, and that'll help as we kind of, in context, kind of what we're talking about. Absolutely. Um, so, But yeah, this week we talked about the idea of um, how does Joseph, again, the, the lens in which we're navigating this whole series, because there's a dozen different lenses you can approach the story of Joseph through mm-hmm. because it's so beautiful. Yeah. But in our context and how we want to kind of the lens in which we're filtering and discussing and exp- and kind of exploring the story of Joseph is how does Joseph remain a faithful witness mm-hmm. in the good times and in the hard times? Mm-hmm. Like as a, again, he's not a follower of Jesus. Again, right. we're pre-Jesus pre-law you mean we're pre-moses we're pre-everything he's just he's the he's in the in the the foundations of the promise right Right. as a committed worshiper of yahweh worshiper of yahweh in a relationship with him how does he remain steadfast to that yeah and god gave him a very clear dream like a, a, a clear dream in the sense that he he recognized his life was meant for something more than just tending his father's sheep. Mm-hmm. He knew that his life was was had purpose. He didn't fully understand what it meant, you know. To I don't think he was able to. Coincidentally enough, I don't think he was able to interpret his dream the same way he was able to interpret the cupbearers, or the bakers, or right. even pharaohs at that time. Right. I think he had a lot of maturity and seasons to go to, but the dream was deposited. Mm-hmm. Right. He knew something. He's not. But he stayed faithful to that, yeah. you know? And so how did he do that? How mm. did he stay, retain a faithful witness? And we're focusing over the next three weeks on just how did he over, how did he, how did we, how did he, how did he, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> how did he maintain a faithful witness yeah. through temptation, yeah. through hurt by yeah. releasing forgiveness, mm. and by ultimately trusting God's plan? Yeah. It's again. It's easy to trust God's plan when you are looking backwards and you can right. see it and you can see where you landed and you can see. Okay, I understand now why that valley. I understand now why that pothole. I understand why that hardship, because now I see where I am. But when you're in the prison or you're in the pit or you're chained up as a slave or you're, you know, it's a lot harder to trust mm-hmm. God's plan. And so, how did you do that? So we're yeah. going to look at those three. That's great. Kind of moments and zoom into those seasons. So this week again, we, we're not. We don't have time to go the whole message but we really focused on chapter 39 mm-hmm. and 39 if you are newer to the story or haven't read this story 39 is when he's been now sold so he's now in egypt the ishmaelites who was kind of the ones that he was sold to by his brothers have then re now sold him to egyptian leaders egyptians for slaves and he ends up going to potiphar's household potiphar was the captain of the guard or he was the commander-in-chief of the army mm-hmm. like he was a pretty big deal so I guess if there's anybody you want to be sold to, that's not a bad one. Yeah. Um, you know, God, even God's providence in that. Yeah. And, and so he's sold to Potiphar. And, and, and if you read the story, he, he gains power. He gains influence. The God, is, God is with him. Uh, he is then lured into uh, 
a sexual proposition from his Potiphar's wife. And then even by doing the right thing and saying no, he is then thrown into prison yeah. based on his wife's accus- Potiphar's accu- wife's accusations. Um, and so he had to battle power. He had to fight the temptation of sex- the sexual temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to, the hardest one, which I think all of us have to fight with, is the idea of despair. It's it's when we do the right thing and we're still being punished for it. Right. You know, it's like, God, I did everything right and I still feel like whether you're punishing me, I don't right. think God does that, but like in that way, but it's but everything's going wrong. But everything's going wrong. Yeah. It just it's that it's that age old question. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? It's yeah. that and it's how do we navigate that when we're the ones <laughs> that it feels like it's happening to? Yeah. You know, and so he had a battle. He had to fight the temptation for power. He had to fight the temptation of sexual sex. sex. He had to fight the temptation of despair. Mm -hmm. And all within that really condensed chapter. Like, again, it's one chapter that probably spans several years. Again, you know, you can't 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 really know. But when you think of someone who's coming into a household, but through through his, his faithfulness and his the fact that God was with him, and then he was the success of everything that he touched, gained favor with Potiphar, and all of a sudden he rose from just kind of like a household servant or yeah. a slave to all the way up to Potiphar's assistant, which is really kind of running the household. Like yeah. he was in charge of everything in Potiphar's household except for what Potiphar was going to eat. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> so he kind of rose from like the newbie, yeah, the rookie to. The ultimate authority that doesn't happen overnight yes right. you know so there's there's definitely been some time there absolutely also you know so he so how do you navigate power and so again we can't preach the message i really want to again yeah but I can't so as i was thinking about it even this morning i was thinking about this idea of of power like how do we overcome power you know what which positions you mm-hmm. know even as a parent honestly like when we think about parents we're getting right. positions of power over yeah. our families over absolutely. our kids you know um, how do we not allow power to run to our head? Mm-hmm. And really, I think if you look at scripture, you look at the life of Jesus specifically, he really combated, combated power by serving. Mm. It's like, how do you combat power? How do you, how do you overcome temptation for authority and to be power hungry? You serve people. Yeah. <laughs> like you just serve. Yeah. And you, so you get Jesus who's coming in as the ultimate authority, the mm-hmm. ultimate power, the yeah. one who can just speak and anything happens. Mm-hmm. But he operates his life as a servant, right? And so, I mean, even he tells us in Mark in Mark's gospel, if you want to be, whoever wants to be first must be a servant of all. You know, you got to humble yourself. Jesus didn't come in to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. Like one of the last acts or lessons that he teaches his disciples is washing their feet and mm-hmm. he's demonstrating what true leadership or yeah. true authority or true power actually looks like it looks like serving mm. even in the lowest form possible yeah um and then he says now go and do what i've done for you right. do it likewise like this command like yeah we're god's god puts us in position of authority god puts us in position of power but never for our benefit right right like the, the power that God gives us, the authority that God gives us is always for the benefit of others. How Absolutely. can we serve others? So culture wants to tell you all that power, you can spend that power to the margins for your benefit. Mm. Where God is like, no, 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 take the power, but leave the margins available so that you can live and live and give generously, mm. right? In the margin. Now you have margin in your life to actually yeah. serve others. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, 
when I think of my life as a, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, like how do I use my position yeah. to serve other people right. and not use it as an opportunity to have other people serve me, which is, can we be honest? The human nature, right? We're like, look at me. I've, I finally made it. And now you need to serve me, mm. you know? And I love how Joseph, you know, there's nowhere in scripture that, that tells us that Joseph allowed the power to get to his head. He, he wanted to honor mm-hmm. the responsibility. And I think because he kept on doing that, um, God was able to honor that. Like I think right. of his character or his call, his character was able to support the calling. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the first, again, scripture doesn't give us the insights. We can't overly read into it, but we, we do know when he was 17, he was tending his father's sheep. Yeah. So he was the young, the youngest, I like guess Benjamin was also, but Benjamin was quite a bit younger. Yeah. Um, so he was probably the one responsible to care for his father's sheep, which means he was given, he was opportunity to serve mm-hmm. when no one was looking, mm-hmm. out in the field by himself. He was stewarding something that wasn't his, right? Like he was stewarding. This is, this is his dad's. Yeah. This, this sheep wasn't his sheep. Yeah. This is his dad's sheep, his dad's flock, his dad's pastures. Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of given a level of responsibility to do it right, mm-hmm. you know, like do what you have to do to protect these things Mm -hmm. and in the quietness and the unseen moments of his life he was developing enough of a character Mm. god was forming enough of a character in him to sustain the calling yeah it's just crazy so he's like 15 16 years old when he gets this dream right that his older brothers and his even his father are gonna bow to him somehow yeah you know so the type of character that was being formed in him Mm-hmm. And so that kind of character of saying, okay, no, my job primarily is a servant first. Yeah. No matter what kind of authority I get, no matter what power and position I get. And I think that's just a great example. And so you put that into Jesus's words and okay, okay, how do I combat power? How do I fight that temptation? Yeah. I got to pray a lot, but I got to, yeah. I got to serve. serve other I got to serve other people. Yeah. Yeah. Bless Any them. thoughts on that? No. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Just blessing others, whatever that might look like. Um, but it, it actually protects you. <laughs> Big time. It serves other people and it blesses them. Yeah. But it protects your heart from holding something that's not yours to hold. Yeah. Second thing he talked about was the sexual temptation. Yeah. You know, and again, this obviously the more glaringly obvious one. The glaringly (laughs) obvious one. And again, I think again, I want to without, you know, getting too deep into it, let's not let's just remind ourselves who we're talking about. We're talking about a young boy. Yeah. Talking about a young man who at this point you know, is a virgin at this point. He hasn't been with women too much. We understand, you yeah. know, he's, he's a young man yeah. and he, he's got every need that every young man has, you know, this is not, he's not some super, super saint here. <laughs> and so he's a young man. He's probably in his late, he's late teens, early twenties when he's entered into Potiphar's household and, you know, he's growing up and there's Potiphar's wife and Potiphar's wife says, come to bed with me, come sleep with me. Right. Which again, it's not like, it's not like just some like seductive invitation. I yeah. think, it's not like she's just trying to lure him in. Like she's kind of commanding him. Right. You know, like again, she's a woman of power. She's in a circle of power. Yeah. She's used to getting what she wants. She's his authority. She's his authority. Yeah. You know, there's slaves. In, she has her own servants, her own slaves that are at her beck and, beck and call. And, you know, in this moment, he has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Do I try to appease her and hold my position of power? Mm-hmm. Right. Or do I honor God? And come what may, mm-hmm. you know, and do I, and so one thing I think it's really interesting in here is that he doesn't just have to suppress his willpower, but he chooses to actually 
fixes focus on his relationship with Yahweh, with mm-hmm. God. He says, I want to honor him. Because in his conversation, he's like, "How? why would I want to do such a wicked thing and sin? And he says, not against Pharaoh or Potiphar. Yeah. Not against your husband, not against my boss, but against God. Like, yeah. I don't want to do this thing against God because yeah. his view of God was greater than his view for his person. Which was not her view of Yahweh either. No, Yahweh was, at, at best, was just another one of the gods. Right. But not even at that point. Yeah. You know? He was just another, like, the, he's going again. He's to going, her. Yeah. She doesn't understand. So, you know, what, so, so all she's interpreting that is denial, right? Rejection. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Not even just rejection of her, but also abuse, like, you're not even respecting my authority. Yeah, or power. Or power, you know? <laughs> and the f- interesting thing is, is that not only did he have enough willpower and enough um, strength to turn her down once, yeah, but Scripture tells us this: she she talked to him day after day. Yeah. Like again, that's a part of the story that I totally never remembered. Right, that it was like that. It says day after day, he had to like run away. Basically, <laughs> he had to make a decision. Yeah, which is the craziest thing. This wasn't like he he had enough strength to do it once. Right, but he actually had to do this every like again for again how long. Scripture doesn't give us that information. Right. It just says day after day. So more than once, like probably, a, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Who knows? A time. But it said day after day, yeah. she called him. Day after day, she called him. And then he also decided, not only am I going to say no, but I'm actually not even going to be around you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I remember one of my my leaders, my uh, dean of students back in college, and we were talking about this in one of our conversations. And he was, you know, he asked me, what does it mean to be a man of God, you know, when it comes to, overcoming temptation mm-hmm. and you know in my mind it's like well you know you you're, you don't fall you right. know you're so strong in your faith you're so rooted in your in your your relationship with god that you're not going to fall mm-hmm. given the opportunity and he said true but a man of god is also someone who recognizes that given the right opportunity they will fall mm. so they don't even put themselves in this situation yeah and jo- that was joseph mm. joseph's like hey i i know i can stand because i've done it already yeah but I also know I'm a 20 year old boy, right? And so I don't even want to put my position myself in a position where yeah. I could fall, right? So I'm just going to stay away. Yeah. And I think that's the wisdom. Yeah. You know, I think there's so much wisdom in this young man's life where he's like, I'm not even wanting to put myself in the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul tells Timothy to flee sexual immorality. Yeah. But then to pursue righteousness. So right. it's not just like it's not just saying no. It's not saying it's saying yes to something else. Mm-hmm. It's saying yes to something greater. Mm-hmm. And again, when you when you understand that that Jesus um, that Jesus came into this world and he experienced every temptation that is common to man, yet he did not sin. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what Hebrews tells us. And so, because of that, we now have this high priest who who goes before us. We can come into God's throne with grace. But in the presence of going to that, we can then receive grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. Yeah. Right? So. This is beautiful relationship that hey we can through God's grace and God's strength actually pursue righteousness yeah. and get the strength that we need to stand yeah. strong and it's not just by willpower alone it's not just mm. like no I will not do it but it's actually you know what Hebrews talks about even how the joy set before him he endured the cross like his eyes were fixed on something yeah. beyond just the natural yeah. that allowed him to endure the natural totally you know and so kind of we said yesterday it's like the degree in which we know we are his passion that he actually pursued us and endured the hardship for us mm-hmm. then he'll become our passion like yeah. hey we're willing to endure some some temptation yeah and some self-denial yeah 
because of our he's our passion. Mm-hmm. So it's not just saying it's not just willpower, it's heart power. I'm not just saying suppressing my inward need and looking inward to suppress that, but I'm looking outward and upward mm-hmm. to increase my passion yeah. for him. Yeah. And I think if we can get our heads wrapped around that, yeah, it's not good. just saying no. Yeah. It's saying yes. Mm-hmm. Right? It's saying yes to God. It's saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to everything he wants for us. And yeah. not just saying no to sin. It's like sex is bad or sex outside yeah. of marriage is bad or lust is bad or temptation, whatever that is, you know, suppressing it and will through willpower alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's such a beautiful image in that, in that story with Joseph that yeah. we can learn from. No, that's great. Yeah. And just trusting God, like recognizing that he is actually um, not allowing us to go through a temptation that we can't overcome. Which is awesome. Right? Just full stop. Yeah. Like any temptation that we have succumbed to, which we all have, whatever that may be, might not be sexual per se, but um, we actually did at one point have the ability to overcome that. Because mm-hmm. scripture explicitly says God won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we could bear. Yeah. But doing it, and the only way you can overcome it is by fixing your eyes on Jesus, yeah. not on myself. Totally. Because I don't have it in me. Yeah. And honestly, I think there are certain temptations in life that we just can't get over on our own. I think we need we need community. That's why James tells Absolutely. us, confess your sins one to another so you may be healed. There's mm-hmm. a sense of like, we need this sense of community. You know, yeah. We need this sense of other to kind of keep us accountable and to hold us to the flame a little Absolutely. bit. You know? And so I think that's a big part of it. And the last one real quick, and I know we're running out of time here, is... You know, so those are kind of two obvious power and sexuality. You mm-hmm. kind of see these as obvious ones, but really the one that maybe is the hardest one that every one of us have to deal with is is this. And it was it was um, uh, Timothy Keller. I was listening to one of his podcasts, and mm-hmm. he talked about this despair temptation. Mm. And I was like, man, like that's amazing. Like, like the despair temptation, and it's and we all experience this. Like we all experience this. Right. This is where we feel like we're doing everything right, but everything seems like it's going wrong. Right. No matter how hard we try, there's always, it always feels like we're on the short end of it. Mm. And here, so here's Joseph, like he stayed away. He, he fleed the yeah. temptation. He, he pursued righteousness. He did everything right. And then one part of the scripture says that he went into the house to, you know, for work and he realized that none of the household servants were there. <laughs> And you, <laughs> I could just imagine this moment. He this walked the movie. Just imagine it's the movie. movie. Imagine yeah, the movie. You're like, what's this like thing on TikTok now? Uh oh. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. Yeah. Totally. Whatever that video. Whatever that song is. It's like he walks in. He's like, uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. I'm I'm busted. Like I'm alone with this woman. You know. Yeah. And I can imagine. Again, we're projecting here. Let's be honest. Let's just call it what it is. We're projecting, but I imagine his heart just sinks as he sees her. Oh yeah. I work so hard to stay away from you and you just are pursuing me. And now I'm here and she grabs a hold of him. Yeah. Which then he flees from her. Right. Again, he's doing everything right, but in doing so leaves the cloak, you know, because she's got a grab of it. I, I would imagine again, if I'm visualizing this, she grabs a hold of him and his cloak is in her grasp. And he flees by taking the cloak off and slipping out of the cloak and runs out, which is like, you know, he's just doing whatever he can. What a great move. (laughs) What a great move. You know, slippery. Yeah. Slippery little sucker, you know, (laughs) but he gets out, but he leaves the cloak behind. He flees. He thinks he's in the safe. He's in the clear. But then she uses this as an example to turn on him Mm -hmm. and to basically paint the picture that she that he tried to approach her and he screamed and he ran and she and he left the cloak. 
And in doing so, his master comes home, hears a story from his mother, from his wife, mm. and goes and gets sent into prison. So out of all the relational equity he's built, the trust that he's built, the the blessing that God has given to this to this household through Joseph, Seriously. which is crazy. Yeah. Here's another thought. What happened to the blessing of that household after he was left? Great question. Interesting. Scripture doesn't tell us, no. but I would, I would love to know. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, God's blessing his household inside and outside. The fields are blessed. The household's blessed all because of Joseph. But And he's got this beautiful relationship. And in a moment, it's gone. Mm. And he's sent into prison. And really, Scripture tells us this is actually the first time he's in prison. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he was in the pit, and then he yeah. was a slave, and he was right. sold. So he actually didn't get the, This is the first time he's in prison, and now he's in this prison, which I'm sure is not, you know, five-star. <laughs> and he's like, again, what's going on? Yeah. And in these moments, a lot of us can can go into a wallow of despair, right? We can we can almost give up. We can throw our hands up and we say, I give up. I yeah. try, I've done everything I can do. I've tried my best, and you yeah. still don't, you know. But he doesn't, and he... And he trusts in God's plan. Like Scripture doesn't give us any indication that he veered even a little bit. <laughs> Seriously. Which is the craziest thing. Yeah. He didn't even veer a little bit. He just said, okay. And then it tells us that the Lord was with him. Yep. And instantly he gains favor with the warden. And instantly the warden puts him in charge. And instantly everything he touches again is blessed. Yep. And his heart posture just does not change. His yeah. position changes. Mm-hmm. His, you know, but his heart posture doesn't change. Mm. And I just reminded of that story of Jesus where Jesus is, you know, he's, he's done his full-time ministry. He's getting ready for the kind of the ultimate purpose, the ultimate atonement where he's going to be sacrificed. And he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he has this prayer, and he's like, God, <laughs> Father, let's chat. If there's any other way. Yeah. Like, if there's any other way we can do this, like, I'm all in. But not my will, but yours will be done. Mm-hmm. And he's just willing to submit himself to God's plan, even in the hardship of it. And I think Joseph just modeled that, you know, perfectly. And and so, you know, how do we do that? And I think Paul tells us in First Corinthians how we do that. We rejoice always. Yeah. You know, we just we just keep our hearts in a posture of joy, knowing that we serve a God who's sovereign, Mm -hmm. and He's sovereign even in our suffering. Mm -hmm. And so we can rejoice. There's nothing that's happening in our life. There's not that that catches God off guard. Yeah. There's nothing that's happening that you know it, it may hurt it may it may be awful like again we can paint the stories paint the picture but God's not surprised by it mm-hmm. and God is with you in the process mm-hmm. you know like God never left Joseph he stood with Joseph he didn't save Joseph from the prison he just was with Joseph in the prison mm-hmm. you know and so he's sovereign our suffering so we can rejoice about that we can then pray continually meaning let's keep that conversation open yeah. You know, keep the conversation. Any marriage counselor will tell you as soon as you start talking, that's the kiss of death, right? Like, you got to talk, you got to mm-hmm. communicate. You have, right. even if it's like uncomfortable and broken and sometimes even like hurtful, mm-hmm. you have to keep talking. Yeah. Like, you have to keep the conversation going. And I do think, even in the suffering when we don't even know what to say or we don't even, maybe we're angry or frustrated or hurt. We can still talk to God through mm-hmm. that process. We can still yeah. pray. And again, prayer is a conversation. Don't make it anything more. It's a conversation with God where you're allowing him to talk to you and you're, allow, you're allowing yourself to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he's, his shoulders are broad enough to handle it. Yeah. So you keep the conversation and then you just learn how to give thanks in all circumstances. Totally. And so how do we just give thanks? How do we keep our hearts full of joy knowing that, hey, God, you're in this. You're with me. I'm not by myself. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay hopeful even in this dark season. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and I'm going to choose to give thanks yeah. and find stuff to be thankful for. Totally. Just, like Paul constantly found things to be thankful for. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my change. Mm-hmm. Chains. He's like, I'm thankful for being counted worthy to be persecuted in the same way Jesus was persecuted. I'm mm-hmm. thankful for my time away. I'm thankful for being shipwrecked. I'm thankful for being persecuted. Like, yeah. what? Because he just sees, he's seeing through a different perspective. And yeah. I think God, when we allow ourselves, God gives us a perspective that is beyond our age, our wisdom, mm-hmm. our season, and allows us to see things that only he can see, yeah. see through heaven's eyes. And so, 100%. I mean, there's a lot in this chapter, but yeah. I think we can look at Joseph's story and how he became a faithful witness and maintained a faithful witness by overcoming temptations, by power, sexuality, and also despair. And here's the ultimate point. The ultimate point is this, is that we cannot, um, we cannot abandon the principles of God to access the blessings of, from God. Mm-hmm. Like if we want to maintain the blessings from God and the strength of, of that comes humbling from him, then yeah. we have to walk in obedience to his yeah. principles. Yeah. And you know, so and that's 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 the daily journey. Yeah. And so how do we stay faithful to the the principles of God's word, of truth, right? Mm. We stay faithful to those, come what may, and in that process we can access the blessings that come only from God. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where our hope is found as faithful witnesses. Yeah, you know. very good. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for joining us again for Sunday Encore today. We pray that this sparks Jesus-centered conversations in your home or small group as we continue to grow into an overflowing relationship with Jesus.